In the way of announcements this morning, just to remind you, uh, next Sunday, uh, June 5th, we have a potluck after the worship service. And uh, so, uh, just bring any kind of uh, hot dish or side dish that you would like. And, and uh, we never seem to have a shortage of food, so if you're unable to bring anything or you even forgot and we announce it next Sunday, we would invite you to stay and, and participate anyway. So... Uh, Potluck next Sunday. The uh, daily breads are here for June, July, and August. And also the large print daily breads are here and they're out on the counter out there as well. Uh, They're a month off from the small ones. This one starts in June. This one starts in July. But if you know someone who is uh, older, possibly, or has a, uh, a difficulty reading fine print, feel free to take an extra one or, uh, or just take one to them and, and, and give it to them that they might enjoy it, too. So we have those both out there on the counter. Uh, I can't think of any other announcements that need to be made this morning. So uh, what I would like to do is uh, go ahead and... and Let's pray together, and I've asked, uh, I'm going to ask Ted in a moment to lead out in in prayer for us, Um, and those who might feel like praying, join in, and I will close in prayer. Um, Obviously, the focus point for me this morning was to think of Uvalde, Texas, and the 19 students and two teachers that lost their lives, and thinking of the others that are wounded and still recovering, including uh, the grandmother of the shooter. And so, uh, much to pray for there. Also, the Memorial Day weekend, travelers, uh, uh, and then to think of our vets as we share Memorial Day weekend. There is a purpose for this, to remember our veterans who gave the ultimate sacrifice for our country. And I always include the vets that that are with us as well because they made the sacrifice along with them uh, to serve and to take that same risk. And uh, I don't know, do we have any vets with us today? Raise your hand. I know we have two in the front row here, back there, Jim. Yeah. Any others? Well, thank you for your service, and uh, we appreciate that. So. Ted, if you'd lead out, and if anybody else would like to pray this morning, feel free to do so, and I'll close. Those who are not feeling well, Lord, 
Yes, Lord. Father, we join together as we do pray over these families that have suffered loss in Texas, in Uvalde, and, and we ask, Lord, that You would bring people across their path that know You to bring comfort to them, 
to come alongside them. Not just sympathy, but empathy as well. And we ask, Lord, that You would uh, just minister to them in every way. Those that don't know You, Lord, we ask that uh, even through this tragedy, You would turn it around and, and, and bring people to You. And again, we, we pray for the wisdom of our leaders, both uh, everything from the local to the state to the nation, Lord, as to what to do to curb this uh, violence that occurs in our, in our culture. And uh, we, we pray for Your wisdom to be brought out in this, Lord. And again, we thank You, Lord, for those who have given their lives for in serving our country. We ask Your blessing on their families today and tomorrow, Lord, especially. Not just a day off, but a day to say thank You, Lord, for these who have served. And Lord, we include the, the, the veterans who are with us. And, and uh, thank You, Lord, for their service and their willingness to, to put their lives on the line. And we take a moment even to thank You, Lord, for uh, those that are serving now. And we ask Your blessing on them. Meet them and take care of them. Cover them, Lord. And again, Lord, as we open Your Word this morning, we ask that You would open our hearts and our minds. Open our eyes and our ears. Open our hearts in such a way that we hear You and, and that Your Word would make a change in our lives. Cause us to be stronger witnesses and, and for You, Lord. In a world that's so desperate to and, and so need of Your grace and Your mercy and Your love. We worship You. We praise You. We thank You. In Jesus' name, Amen. We're going to continue this morning in the Book of Romans, chapter 12, looking at the marks of a Christian, uh, starting with verse 9 through verse 21 is where we've been focusing. And uh, as we do, uh, just giving a uh, brief introduction here, uh, the main point of chapter 12 is, again, the first two verses dealing with the idea that we are not to be conformed to the way the world thinks, but we are to be transformed by the Word of God to the way God thinks. And, and so, it, you know, it says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. And it says, by the renewing of our mind. The renewing of our mind. And the idea there is that God would change the way we think. We are raised uh, in the flesh, in the context that was this, this flesh that is craving its own desires and the world says, feed it. And in various ways that that would be looked at. And, and so, the world goes about looking for ways to entertain and, and to, to make one feel good in the flesh. God says that's not the important issue. 
uh, this, the, that's being conformed to the way the world thinks and the way man thinks. He says, I want you to be transformed. That means to be changed, a complete overhaul in the sense of, of inside out. We say change our heart, O oh God, and, and, uh, from the Psalms. And the idea is, is to change how we think. And how is this done? It's by the Word of God. By the preaching and teaching and sharing of the Word of God. By the personal reading of the Word of God. And uh, I have people say, well, there's so much I don't understand. Don't let that stop you from reading the Word of God. Because eventually what happens is you hear a message or a Bible study or just through the, the Holy Spirit opening your mind, you finally understand something here and you say, oh, now I get what he was saying over here too. And it's a growing process. That's what the renewing of our mind is. It's going to be something that starts as soon as you open the Word of God and the Holy Spirit starts to, to open your eyes to, to what He's saying till the time that we close our eyes in, 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 in this world and be face to face with the Lord. And so this idea of, of being transformed, the renewing of our mind, the purpose is put clearly here so that we will be able to discern the will of of God. And the will of God is, is in a sense, uh, put down in, in the, these next verses. So uh, we'll be looking at that as the idea of what the will of God is. And it starts with, by the way, the renewing of our mind. It's a circle. As we renew our mind, we're able to understand more of the will of God. And the more our mind is renewed, the more we understand. It's a process, a growing process. We've looked in detail at verses 9 through 13. And the key to that, those verses, that, uh, that set of verses was let love be genuine. Uh, I think that in the uh, letter that Peter wrote, 1 Peter chapter um, 1, verses 23 through 23, I'd share that with you. It basically has uh, the essence of that genuine love. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. Okay, now you have to understand this idea of, of, of genuine love is assuming in other words, you can't express genuine love according to what, what Paul is writing about here in Romans if you have not been born again, if you have not been saved by Jesus Christ. It requires the indwelling of the Holy Spirit for this to happen. And so we have this picture. You want to, you want to have this truth in you. That, that, that Jesus Christ is the, is the Savior. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. And we'll look at that more as we go along. So, uh, this start of, the, of this next paragraph, starting with verse 14 of chapter 12 of, of uh, Romans, there's a, a whole paragraph here of, of things that have to do with renewing our mind, the way we think, thinking the way God would have us think and acting on that rather instead of the way the world. So being transformed, renewed. And within the framework of this, chat, this, this paragraph, 
I, I personally, as I look at this paragraph, uh, verse 18 is, uh, jumps out me as, at, at me as the core. So grabbing a hold of verse 18 will help you understand the verses that are coming before it and the verses that are coming after it. So I'm going to actually start this paragraph in the middle with verse 18. And uh, so let's read the whole paragraph and then we'll get to verse 18. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Again, the focus for me in understanding this, this paragraph and these series of, of things that God wants us to be doing is this verse 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And the word all here has to do with the uh, the word anthros, like anthropology, the study of man. And so it's really with all men is, is in this word, uh, with all people. So it's, it's basically, as we go through this, this, this picture of, of being a peacemaker. And this isn't a gift. This is a call to every believer. Um, Think in terms of, of the Sermon on the Mount. As we go through this, keep this, this thought in mind. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Uh, so, this idea of being a, a peacemaker, as we look closely at this verse 18, keep that in mind. This is what God calls us to be. So the verse starts off, if possible. And the word possible here is, is one of those words that as you study it and look at it in a, in, in a Greek word study, uh, it has the power to do something. If you have the power to do something, if it's possible for you to do this, so far as it depends on you. Now, right there it tells you, you may offer peace and it may not come back to you. That has nothing to do with this. It doesn't excuse you and turn around and say, well, I no longer have to be uh, kind to that person or, or acknowledge that person. There's no point in that. It's, it's, there's no release from your responsibility. As much as it depends on you, as much as it's possible for you, as much as it's given to you the opportunity, that idea of possible, having the power, the opportunity, I want you to 
do this. That's implied. Do this. Live. Peaceably. The word live is is a full word here. It means wherever God has, whatever's in your proximity, wherever you are, wherever I am alive, I am to live my life, okay? I can't do it any other way, right? Wherever I am, I'm living my life, okay? Get that idea in here. It's not, it's, it's not a passive word, it's an, it's an active word here. Wherever I am, I am alive, and in so being, I am as much as it's up to me to be at peace. And so, and to and to to have this attitude of peacemaker. That's what the children of God are to do. So, as when I'm in the proximity, uh, close by, and I started thinking, what 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 does that include? Where, well, for instance, today I'm in the proximity of you. We are in the proximity of each other. And so, uh, when we're at church. As much as it's possible in this environment, we're to be at peace with each other. Are we going to disagree about some things? Yeah, there might be a Republican, there might be a Democrat. Boom. <laughs> okay, but we're to, to live at peace with each other. We are to recognize each other as children of God. That is more important than politics. So, at church... We're in the proximity of each other. We're alive here together. Within the framework of our family and our extended family. There's nothing... Well, I, I should rephrase that. It is a tragedy when I hear of, of family strife that has divided families. Now, Jesus said that families will be divided over Christ. That was because of the unwillingness of people to be at peace through God's Word, okay? But the reality is is that as much as it's up to us, we are to be at peace even with family members who are what? Not Christians. As much as possible. Work environment. We are to have a Christian attitude in our work environment. What if those that work around me are not Christians? What if they have foul mouths? What if they use God's name in vain? I'm to, in a sense, not turn around and lecture the person, oh, you're using God's name in vain, but to, but to, to find the opportunity to share God in a way they'll hear me. I remember uh, working in... in uh, uh, for uh, an electrical an electrician, uh, we were we were setting the 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 vaults, which are the big underground uh, cement structures that go down on the ground. You see those big uh, metal plates over them. Uh, you drive over them occasionally, boom, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Okay, within that vault are all sorts of of, of conduits coming in with wires coming in, and so that's the laying of underground wire. What what is above the ground now is the goal is to ultimately have it all underground. In fact, my son is working on that project, on a project like that right now. And while uh, working on that, we we had a very efficient team. We kind of got ahead of 
of of the the the, the people. And so we had to, to to move inside, but nobody. I didn't go around saying I'm an ordained minister. Now, the reason I was doing this work was uh, I was volunteering my time. The pastor in a church had had a heart attack, and so I'd taken his place. They didn't, have, they didn't want to stop paying him, but it was a small congregation. So I was filling in the, the, the gap. And I was also there to be taking care of my mom, who was a terminal cancer patient. And so I had somebody to take care of her during the day, and I'd be there during the night. And... Uh, I, I participated daily in, you know, where we ate lunch and, and stuff like that. Afterwards, sometimes they would stop and, 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 and somebody would break out a, a six-pack of beer or something. I'd have a soda. Uh, and, and so, but I still didn't make this big deal about it. Well, one time, the guy that was operating the backhoe that, was work, uh, that I was working with uh, ends up coming to this little church with his girlfriend, who happened to be somebody that was coming to this church, a part of this church, and it blew me away. It was kind of, I didn't know that relationship existed. And so the next day, at the, the, the job site on Monday morning, he hollers from across the, 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 the storage yard, Hey, Pastor Bob! All of a sudden, there was a whole new relationship with me and the people around me. They stopped cussing. They stopped. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. But but the idea is is that I had a number of people come up and say, "We knew you were different." That should be our our the way we're viewed. We are different. If we're children of God, we're not like those people in the world. We are in it, but not of it. And so this is what this is dealing with. We're being transformed. Uh, we are to look at having the opportunity as much as it's possible up to us to be at peace. At peace with the, 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 the people are, are around us in our family, in our work, uh, in our community, in our neighborhood. I, and when I put neighborhood, I, I, I realized, how big is my neighborhood? And I, I, all of a sudden, the, the Good Samaritan parable hit me. My neighborhood is wherever God has placed me for the moment. The person that's on the, the road in, in the Good Samaritan, the Good Samaritan didn't know. But now, Jesus says, because he's in proximity, that's where he lives for the second. That's where he's alive right now. This is his neighbor, and he has a need. And what was interesting was one was a Gentile and one was a Jew, and, and the two weren't to mix, and, and, but as much as possible, to be at peace. And he took care of this guy. I tried to, to, to put into my mind how to say, what is peace? And the first thing that comes to our mind would be a, a season where there is no war. And we all want to see that. But I think I've shared this statistic with you before. I remember hearing it when I was in school uh, in, in, in college. And uh, we were looking at political science issues and stuff like that. And one of the things that you know comes up is World War II and World War I, the wars to end all wars. And here we were in the middle of the Vietnam War at that point. And, and the teacher shared the statistic that said 
in 5,000 years of civilization history, only 250 years do not record a war going on someplace. And that's probably because nobody wrote it down. And I thought, boy, how, how pessimistic that sounded, you know, kind of like, you know, wow, you know, somebody probably just didn't write it down. There's a war all the time. Well, as I've matured over the years, I realized that's a, probably a truth. There's, there's somebody, there's a skirmish about, I want what you have going on someplace all the time. And so I started thinking of scriptures that I know are common in reference to peace. And so let me read just a couple of them to you uh, from Jesus in, in, in John chapter 14. Uh, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Okay, so this piece had to do with being at peace within yourself of not having fear about what's going on in the world. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world and, and basically he had said, you know, there's going to be come, people coming after you because of me. Don't be afraid. Be at peace. And I thought, yeah, Paul, look at what he did. He shared the, 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 the gospel with everybody he was chained to over a period of, of years. He shared the gospel to the Praetorian Guard. He shared, I mean, wow, you know, he had that opportunity. Be at peace as much as possible. And so, Jesus says, I'm bringing you a special kind of peace. The world can't give it to you. In fact, that's what he says. I've said these things to you. He says this in John chapter 16. I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So, rest in this hope. Have peace in this hope. I've overcome the world. And even though right now it has tribulation, that's temporary. I've overcome it. And if you're in me, you are an overcomer as well. And be at peace. I thought of Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. The end of the, uh, the book of Romans, almost anyway, is chapter 15. says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. To abound in hope is to have peace. You see, it's, it's not having any... None of these had anything to do with war. They had to do with what's going on in a fallen world. You want to have peace in a fallen world? You want to have peace over your own fallen nature? Be at peace with God through Jesus Christ. Abound in hope through Jesus Christ in you. In all of these, the idea of being at peace was the idea of being at peace with God first. In other words, you're not going to have any of this peace that Jesus talks about until you're at peace with God. And the only real peace is the peace that stands between man and God. That's, that's the only one that counts. I recall a, 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 an anti-war song uh, the Chilites, I think, was the group that, 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 that sang it. But uh, 
There will be no peace until God sits at the conference table. And some of you might remember the, the, the song. But it was, it, it was you know, something I wasn't a Christian at the time. And I always thought that was fascinating. You know, there will be no peace until God sits at the conference table. And uh, the, uh, the idea of peace, you know, really is, is prominent in almost all the, the religions of the world in some way or another. But they can't offer you peace unless they first are at peace with God. And they can't be with, at peace with God until they receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. And so I was, I was looking up something, and it, it referenced Billy Graham, and I thought, I would be a good person to look at and see what his idea of peace is. You know, so the question was, that was asked him, the word, the word peace is used by people from every persuasion. It's something that, uh, it's something, uh, it is something we desire. What is the true meaning of it? And this is his response. Most people yearn for one thing more than anything else, inner peace. Without it, they have no lasting joy or security. The word peace is used in the Bible in three main ways. First, there is spiritual peace. Peace between God and man. Second, there is psychological peace. Peace within. And then there is relational peace. Peace among mankind. So there's three aspects of peace that Billy Graham looks at, and you find all three of them talked about in, in Scripture. The Bible says that sin has destroyed or seriously affected all three of these dimension, uh, dimensions of peace. When man, had, uh, when man was created, he was at peace with God, with himself and with others. But when he rebelled against God, man lost peace in every way. These dimensions of peace can be restored Man cannot bring this about, but God certainly can and has. Jesus Christ, God's only Son, was sent into the world to take away our sins by His death on the cross, therefore making it possible for us to be at peace with God. At peace then with ourselves and therefore at peace with others. Notice the the order of that. At peace with God, now I'm at peace with myself, and then I can be at peace with others. By His resurrection from the dead, Christ showed once and for all that God desires that all people know perfect peace. For He Himself is our peace. And He came, preached peace to you who were far afar off and to those who were near, coming out of Ephesians chapter 2. Christ provides the power to man to overcome every sin. He can break the ropes, fetters, and chains of sin, but each person must repent, confess, commit, and surrender to Christ first. Right now, it can be settled, uh, and man can know the peace, joy, and fellowship of God with himself and with others. Again, these things I have spoken to you, that you may have peace. Jesus' word. Well, that gave me one more scripture that I, I thought about. Uh, and that was Colossians chapter 3. And uh, in Colossians chapter 3, Paul writes, 
verses 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. This is what we need to do to be this person who looks at peace in such a way as to allow us to be at peace and to be peacemakers. It has to start here. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Uh, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. The implication of the way that's put together is to be thankful in all things. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. So, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Uh, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And then this last verse, verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So here's the process. You start by letting the peace of Christ rule in your heart. How is that done? By accepting Him as, as your Savior. Recognizing Him as the Son of God. Confess and believe that He is the Christ, the Son of God raised from the dead. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. How does that happen? Well, it happens by what you're doing this morning, being uh, together here in, in, in church together. For those that are listening online, uh, you know, uh, hearing the Word of God preached and shared in Bible studies, uh, in Bible study groups that you might be part of, uh, sharing in the Word of God, and then personal Bible study. And how often I think of, 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 of the Psalm 1 talking about, let the Word, you know, meditate on the Word uh, and in such a way that it's, it's a part of you day and night. It's, it's, it's uh, the idea of, of thinking about, oh, that makes me think of God and what His Word says. And, and how amazing things are. Be amazed at creation. And give God the glory. So, in whatever you do, in word or deed, you know, let the peace of Christ rule. Let the Word of God dwell in you. And serve the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. And I, one more time, wrote how. Well, you must be saved. I'm not going to go over and read each of these verses this morning, but let me give you a, a list of verses, if you want to write them down, that have to do with the Roman road, since we're in the book of Romans. Chapter 1, verses 22 and 23 talk about the how man sees the creation but gives the glory to something other than God. Chapter 3, verse 23 says that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Chapter 3, verse 10 of Romans says we've all gone astray. We've all gone our own way. Chapter 6, 23, chapter 6, verse 23, the first part of it says all have sinned. All have sinned. There's no exception. Chapter 5, verse 8 says that even though 
we had not recognized Christ at this point in time. He died for our sins. Before we ever confessed Him, before we ever acknowledged Him, He died for our sins. Back to 6.23, verse 23 of chapter 6. The free gift of God, of life, uh, of God is eternal life. The free gift of God is eternal life. All have sinned, but the free gift of life is eternal life. Um, chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, I quote it all the time. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. If you do that, you will be saved, it says. And then, this normally isn't in with the Roman road, but I put chapter 8, verse 1. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We are at peace with God. Therefore, now we can be at peace with the world. We can become peacemakers by spreading the peace of God. A lot of people think peacemakers is trying to solve an argument. Okay, yeah, that's part of it, possibly. But that's it's the, uh, a peacemaker is a person who is desiring to bring the peace of God, salvation, eternal life to other people. And we are all charged with that duty. Not just, we are all called to be missionaries. We are all called to be ambassadors for Christ. In communion, we celebrate being at peace with God through what Christ has done for us. In 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, Paul writes, I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when He betrayed took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is My body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. And in the same way, He also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in My blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of Me. For often as you drink, eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. That's what we rest in. That's the hope that we have. That Christ is coming again. And so as we share communion, that's what we're celebrating. We're celebrating what Christ has done and giving thanks. Maybe some of you have some liturgical church backgrounds where it's called the Eucharist. That's the word for thanksgiving. Giving thanks. And that's what we are doing. Because we are at peace with God. And we can share that peace with others, starting within our families, where we work, within our communities, with our neighbors. And as much as possible, wherever God places us, in whatever circumstance He places us, wherever we are alive, we are to seek the opportunity to be peacemakers. Let's uh, share in communion together. We have a communion song to sing. Uh, and uh, as we do that, I'll invite you to come up and uh, get the communion. Uh, in the one tray, we have the cup with the bread uh, in two separate cups. You, and then on this side, we have the packets, whichever you prefer to be using. Uh, feel free to come up and take whichever one you want. And if you want, if you're in a group, you want to take a couple back to someone else and shorten the line, feel free to do so.
I think, of the, the song. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for us, give thanks. And uh, it's only possible through what Christ has done for us. And it's only possible as far as to truly bring peace if we have followed through with Romans' road, especially thinking in terms of, of chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. If you've confessed with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, you will be saved. Going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul says that what was given to him was the instructions. And he said uh, that, that what Jesus had done when breaking the bread at the, at the meal, he said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us share. In the same way, also after he, uh, after supper, you know, he took the cup. He said, "This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me." And as we share it, doing an understanding that Jesus said, "I won't share this again until I come, return." We are to do this until he comes, and we'll share it. I believe at the marriage feast. Together, as the entire historical, past, present, future body of Christ, Church of God, at one time, together. What a celebration that's going to be. We're to look forward to that. That gives us hope. And because of what Christ has done, we have the peace that that will happen. So, let's pray. Father, again, we come thanking You what You have done for us to bring us salvation, to give us eternal life, and to bless us even now with the confidence that You will return, that we can have peace with God right now. We thank You. And in a world so full of turmoil, Cause us to be ambassadors of peace with all that we have the opportunity to share wherever You place us. We worship You. We thank You. We ask now that You would go with us. Keep us. Take care of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as we close? Thank You for being here this morning. Lord bless